<laughs> so well. Welcome to the Extra Base Podcast. I'm Jeevo, or Matt tonight, I'm trying to be official. And um, Roger Morris has actually shown up two episodes in a row. I am absolutely amazed, Roger. So I Look out. Oh. Look out. I'm more than it's a streak. What are, you doing? <laughs> what, are you, what are you still doing at my house? Did you leave? No, 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 no. no. I've, been, uh, I've been creeping around the backyard for a while. I've got a tent, if you haven't noticed. Uh, Is that what that was? Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's pretty makeshift, my, you know. Do you know who this guy is? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> sure, he's not down in uh down down in Melbourne for the Sox game. Nah, mate, no. Nah. Nah. Nah, well, I don't know where he is. If someone knows where Tim is, can they please send us a message because we've lost him. So, um, yeah, it's uh, I don't, I'm not sure how this is going to go. But um, you know, this is Roger's second episode in a row, so watch out, folks. It's a little bit dangerous. Look, tonight um, we've got a couple of uh, cane toads plus Roger. And uh, anyone that doesn't know, Roger's actually a Queensland supporter that lives in New South Wales. So yep. one of those. I'm, one of the, I'm, I'm that guy. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I'm repping the New South Wales team. But uh, look, tonight... Three guests tonight. We, we're stepping it up, Rog, every week. So um, three Brisbane North legends, I'm led to believe. So we have Ryan Manfield, Westy, and Landy. Now, apparently, I've been told by a few people that Landy's got some really bad jokes. So, um, <laughs> Rog, do you know how to use those mute buttons? Because, um, but apparently they're dad jokes. So, Rog, you might get some content out of this. Man, I'm going to save them up. I'm going to use them on my own kids. They better watch out. <laughs> right, we'll bring them on. Hang on, let's find all these guys. Here we go. Welcome, all gentlemen. G'day, guys. Good evening. Hey, Matt. Hey, Rog. Landy, are you there? There he goes. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, Great chat, Lenny. Good stuff. Um, <laughs> what's going on? Well, anyway, so for the people that obviously don't know who these guys are, um, I'm going to get them to sort of introduce themselves, tell us a little bit about themselves and where they've come from. Um, maybe we'll start with Ryan because he is the the, uh, the fresh-faced New South Welshman. So we'll start with the gentleman first. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, yep, so I, I started playing t-ball with the Pewater Baseball Association with, in, in at Manly there um, and gone gone through. You got us, Landy? And, uh, yep, 
went went through, played junior Aussie teams, played for the uh, in the old ABL with um, Sydney Storm, and um, most recently we took off to Queensland in the end of 2020 during the the, the height of COVID. Um, had to get out of Sydney for a couple of weeks to sneak into Sydney, and uh, now we make the, the Sunshine Coast count home, and um, we travel down to Brisbane North to play our baseball. I've got three of my boys playing in it at Padres, Redcliffe Padres, which is part of the Brisbane North Association, and um, loving it, really, really loving it. Um, it's a, a great club there. Um, got some awesome people with uh, Westy Landy, uh, the Wilsons, got Lee Gaskell, got a, look, so many, I can't, I can't mention them all, but um, really, really happy with where we've landed there. So uh, I guess the question is, is it better than New South Wales, mate? <laughs> well, because we started, we started at, um, in the, we left the Penrith club to come up to Queensland yeah. and um, the, the guys at Penrith were great, always very, very accommodating um, in, in terms of they do things differently. Um, so we, in, in Penrith, you play your, your table or your, your coach pitch on a, on a Saturday morning. Um, in Brisbane North, we play it on a Friday night for rookie ball and, and T-ball. The T-ball kids start at 5.30. They go for 45 minutes. And then the rookie ballers start at 6.30, go for an hour. And then that, that allows the kids to also fill in on uh, a Saturday morning for any little league games, anything like that. But it's, yeah. a, it's a carnival atmosphere. Um, they um, bring the cones in. So there's plenty of home runs hit. The, it's like the, kid, the kids love it. It, it, really, it really is good. It's short yeah. and sweet. It's cooler of a nighttime as well. Yeah. Um, and then it gives them that availability to back up and play Little League or, or whatever it may be the next day as well. Yeah. And um, I guess that sort of then brings us on to Westy. A little bit of a background on you, obviously. You know, you're, you're repping the, the Aussie jersey in the background, mate. That's, uh... Yeah, well, wish it was mine, but it's, a, it's just a World Baseball Classic one. Went out of a raffle a certain time. But um, I didn't start playing until I was about 13. Um, made some rep teams along the way. I was a sporting tragic, played a lot of different other sports, you know, but um, they had an affinity to baseball. And I guess, you know, like everybody, you walk away from it in your 20s, you know, and you get married and you have kids. And the kids get to that age where you get reintroduced back into uh, the sport. And uh, I've been with it now, coaching over 25, 30 years. Um, you know, kids generally around that age, you know, 11 to, to the 13, which is the age when you need to capture them, I guess. And taking the teams to Japan with the national team, taken to um, the States with Carol Ripken on three occasions and China with the Baseball Queensland teams. So pretty good background and understanding of what the world standard is at that age group. So Gary Everson goes off three top coaches. Well, Gary, there's only two of them here. The third guy's having technical difficulties. And if everyone I thought would have technical difficulties, I thought it would have been the plumber. <laughs> I've got a good wife. <laughs> uh, we won't talk about why you're in the car then, will we? We won't talk about what? We won't talk why, why you're in the car. 
<laughs> yeah, this is this is the quietest spot for me. We've got uh, we got five kids, so it's always pretty pretty noisy. Um, but yeah, in the car's the quietest spot. No TV, obviously. Exactly. <laughs> um, it looks like Landy's having a couple of uh, technical difficulties. So you're the first person to mute Landy in a long, long time. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm glad to have. Uh, that have some sort of power over somebody, but uh, <laughs> I, look, I guess what one of the big things is you know, why we got you guys on was more about you know, to find out you know, what happens in Queensland, how does, how does stuff work in Queensland? Um, you know, obviously, you know, Roger and I, both from New South Wales, don't have a clue what happens in Queensland baseball, but you know, this north juggernaut let's call it um yeah. the last couple of years um you know you, you're always there thereabouts and you know, it really intrigued me to find out what actually goes on up there and, and how does it run because you know and i guess that's probably the the first question i guess what do you guys do different because you know, the results talk for themselves you know, intermediate league world series little league world series Give us, give us some stuff, and something to go go on. Well, yeah, you know, I, 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 yeah, I guess with us, you know, it, it does start at the younger age group, and um, yep. I'm very heavily involved in that grassroots. You know, I still involve myself in the high performance area. You know, with Wada, and Wada does a great job with the high performance. But um, our club, you know, from our perspective, we've got five guys that are going down to AYC. Uh, we've got another five guys that are, you know, part of the emerging grassroots um, program as well. And like anything, it's about coaching, you know, and that facility style and engaging style. If you can get them at 10 years old and 11 years old, that's when mum's making the decision. Baseball up here is nowhere near as, as popular as what it is in, in New South Wales, purely through population. So we've got to reach out and get the better kids. You know, we, um, you know, certainly in our region, um, a number of clubs, you know, we, we go out to um, the schools and we have an engaging program there. We have talent ID letters, you know, because obviously we want the masses, but we, we want the better sportsmen. You know, for us, we want the football players, you know, we want the, the winner guys that are playing various sports and get them involved early. Once you've got them involved and you've got great level of coaching, um, that, that's the key. You know, and as Ryan said, you know, we mix it up on a Friday night, you know, we get... Um, T-ballers and the out. And it is a carnival atmosphere for our region. You know, we do that on Friday night. Um, so all the teams play, you know, the one diamond together. You know, we've got five fields going at once. Um, it's it's very good. It enables us from a coaching perspective to, to see what other teams are doing, you know, because sometimes people just make rules up and you're going, no, don't confuse the kids. These are the rules is what you need to do. And that works very well for us, you know, to see how coaches are performing all in one spot rather than off at various fields and you don't know what's going on. So it enables me, you know, as the junior director of coaching of Padres, to keep an eye on whether they're coaching those kids correctly in the right way. And then it enables us then on the um, on the Saturday to get the kids to get a second game in, you know, the better kids or those kids that want to play, um, we, we put them in the minors and they play that second game, you know, and they might only be nine years old. But it doesn't matter. It's about just repetition and getting them involved. But also, also, uh, Westy, from a from a club point of view, so you've got the three 
clubs within Brisbane North, it's going to help your canteen as well when you've got all three clubs, all the teams playing at one venue each Friday night. You can you don't have to struggle for volunteers because you know you're only going to do it one out of every three weeks rather than opening it up every single um, Saturday morning. Yeah, for, for three or four teams, you know, you've got a full house. It is huge, you know. I think I hate to think what they make in the canteen, but they do pretty well, you know. So from that side of it, that's good. But it's also enabling us under one roof to see what's going on with the, the coaches and you can see, you know, what teams, you know, uh, probably could be performing better and then having a word to that coach and spending time with that coach to ensure that, you know, the kids are having the engaging experience. Because generally if five players turn up or three players turn up, that's a pretty good indicator that they're not connecting with, you know, the particular teams and making sure that we go to that training session and make sure that that training session is gamified and the kids are having fun. So, so Rog, obviously, you now you're involved in junior sport down here in New South Wales, um, yep. coaching an under sevens team or whatever. Is it sevens or eight? Eight. Eight. Um, you know, you guys don't do that, do you? It's... No, like, it's, um, yeah, it's pretty much on a Saturday morning. Um, where, where I coach, we're lucky that they try and um, they try and promote the, the younger age groups on the main diamond. So you will get, you will get them on diamond one, which is, which is really great. Um, and especially if there's a, um, like a Winstow versus Winstow team, uh, game, sorry. Um, but on a Friday night would be would be amazing to to have those those games. They do they do dabble a bit in um, a modified version for the younger kids, like the really young ones. But it's again, it's it's not the same as 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 um, what Westy's saying. Like that's and Ryan, like that's that's gun. Like you set out some cones, your kids have, have a lot of fun hitting doubles, home runs. Like man, they uh, the, the engagement, the the kids that love it. Do you guys use coach? Do you guys use coach pitch or um, Luca machines? Uh, coach pitch. So, and that was the big that was the big thing for us is to go to Zook because what we found is the coaches were caught up, you know, throwing pitches rather than helping the team out. By having Zuka, you know, the players feed the machine, and it's the same pitch. So you know they're swinging every time they're swinging. The, yeah. the biggest issue, the great issue to have, you know, at Little League when they play on the Saturday morning, these kids that are coming up. They're swinging at everything, which is what you want, yeah. right? It's almost like, guys, it's not a Zuka machine. The kid's pitching. You don't have to swing at every pitch. But if, if they have that, have that sort of um, attribute when they're at bat, that's how they're going to improve is swing yeah. every time, you know? So the coach, the coach pitch, get rid of the kid's Zuka machine. And it's so much fun. Kids love it because it's something different. And it just – we also um, – do you guys work on feet or do you work on was that so the base the baselines we brought them into 50 feet for, for, for rookie ball and 40 feet for t-ball wow so the, the field gets smaller and we bring the cones in as well so it's a fast game you know what i mean yes. so even the kid in the outfield kind of get a few balls pumping. oh yeah so in eights we're at um we're off 60 feet yeah, yeah. No, it's boring as boring and, as and, it, and it's a long game too like we're playing an hour and hour and a half games we changed it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I see the kids starting to fade at about about the hour mark, 
Yeah. Last year in sevens, it was around the 45-minute mark. They started to fade. So we're getting longer out of them, but they're still falling behind the finish time. You got it. Yeah, you got it, Roger. We we dropped it down to 45 in an hour just so that, you know, it just makes it more engaging. Um, The kids have got, like, 20 seconds to get out on the field. Yeah. And they they basically go to the position they haven't played. So, in other words, you don't have a coach sitting there going, now you go here and it's like half an hour before the next innings. We'll get in about, in an hour game, they'll get in about five five innings and the guys, kids are exhausted. They're absolutely exhausted. Yeah. We, um, we're not too bad because I, I actually structure our changes before the game. So, we managed to get in a couple seven-inning games in an hour and, hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, but generally, we're around the six-inning six mark for most of yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not too bad. That's it's not bad at all. But that's the key: is just quick turnarounds, as fast as yeah. you can turn. As soon as that team's out there, and and again, you've got to play in a position you haven't played before. Yeah. So they yeah, can't. I, I got one Sorry, of my I got one of my kids on in the rookie ball, and they know every week. So you start at pitcher, your next position, you go to first base, to second base, to third yeah. base. So yeah. everyone knows where they're going, the inning before. They know exactly where they're going. So we don't even have to tell them now. So, you know, we're halfway through the season. They know where they're running next inning just to get them out there as quick as possible. When, when do you guys actually start recruiting, like, for, for your season? Like, because I, I guess what you see is that a lot of kids go from summer to winter, winter to summer, and they, they sort of play, you know, what, what four weeks before they start the season, when they start, and they're actually not getting any, you don't see any benefits for you know four to six weeks. Do you guys start four weeks before, or do you have a program that sort of runs it from winter into summer? So we don't we don't play junior winter baseball in Queensland. Yep. You know, um, generally there's a bit of senior ball, but that's about it. We start recruiting in July for our um, summer season, which is September. So we wait for the rugby league and the soccer. To finish, you know, and as soon as that finishes, we're game on, you know. But we do our recruiting over that um, when the kids come back from the July school holidays. We're in the schools, and then we're they're ready to start, you know. As soon as they finish footy and soccer and hockey, they they play baseball, and then vice versa. They don't they don't go all year round, so it keeps it fresh, you know. I know what my kids are like, you know. By the end of the baseball season, they're like, I'm sick of it, you know. By the end of soccer season, it's like. I'm sick of soccer, but they just keep doing it, you know, and that's the key. And it's tougher as the age groups get higher because obviously, you know, with academies now, it starts to cross over a fair bit. But certainly at that uh, younger age group between, you know, say seven and, and 11, um, they're very much seasonality, which you can, you know, really work with, you know, the footy clubs and everyone else because we've got the Redcliffe Leagues, uh, Rugby League Club right next door to us. So it's a, it's a great ground to pick up. A lot of uh, you know good athletes. Um, just a welcome to Landy. Um, I, I thought I was on Sunny Houses Australia, taking for a tour and having a look at uh, at your house, mate. It's uh, quite impressive. Oh, look, I'm having yeah, I'm having real lag problems with the feed, so I've changed computers. I've come up to be close to the modem. It's like. Technology and I aren't just getting on today. That's the uh, give me a pen and paper any day. I'll write notes, but yeah, we're struggling so, with it. But I've got, but at least I, I haven't, I haven't sure. been able to hear everything that uh, West is doing. So that's good. 
I'm, I'm not sure who this Lauren Campbell is, but apparently she likes the fella in the striped shirt. So <laughs> she's Maybe. a good looking. She's a good looking bird. That one. I tell you. Yeah. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought the Campbell might have given it away. It's you know, but hey. <laughs> Look, if you two want to, you know, meet up after the after the show, it's fine. You know, we do a little bit of matchmaking here on the Extra Base podcast. So, we won't even charge you for the service. She's going to jump in my car in a sec. Jesus. So, you got the motor running ready for getaway. We sort of went through, you know, Ryan's background and Wes's background. Um, can we can we have a condensed version of your background because it's only an hour show? Well, yeah. Well, well actually, funny enough, I am a cop. I was born and bred in um, in Leichhardt, and um, my dad actually played for Peter Marigold in the old days, and. Uh, I started where my son started playing t-ball with our Bankstown Sports Club. So uh, he, he, I got roped into coaching, of course, even though my dad had played with him and I wasn't interested in those days with guys like uh, Pants and McDougall and uh, Cameron Campbell. Dad was involved with all those guys. But when we moved up here, uh, I see the following year, Pazare's were born, and uh, um, yeah, I've been there ever since. So, foundation member. But look, I've been very lucky. I've been around the world, in spite of what your blurb says about Westy. I've been to China four times, not him. <laughs> and um, I've been to America probably now sixteen times, um, seventeen times. I've been doing Queensland teams now for about you know, twenty-five years, I guess. All age groups from 14s to 16s to 18s. Now, I really enjoy Little League, and as the blurb would have said, I've I've taken that team to the World Series. Um, Then I handed over to Westy so he could go to the Intermediate League one. Um, But I'm also involved in the the Aussie Expos, which is a program that's been going for 30 years, going over to America, particularly to a place called Redwood in California. Uh, We stopped going there in 2019 with COVID, but we hope to get that back up and running this year. So, yeah, I've been around a bit. Yeah. So, I, I guess one of, one, of the things, one of the things I sort of wanted to really touch on is um, obviously, you know, Wes, we'll start with you. You know, obviously, you know, Landy B is so grateful giving you an intermediate league team to take to the World Series. Um, <laughs> can you, can you, like, for the people that don't know, because obviously, you, know, you see all the hoop are on. You know, for Little League World Series, which we'll get into, but Intermediate League World Series, um, what's that experience like? Because obviously, you know, you see the, the Little League World Series, you know, with the, you know they're all rock stars. How's yeah, no, it, it's a good question, Matt, and, you know, something that, you know, I guess I was aware of, but I think, you know, um, after and this team had gone, you know, with Landy to the, the, the World Series, which is the postcard event, it is... It's duck starts. It is unbelievable. What a great, what a great opportunity for the kids to obtain that. Um, then they went back to back, which was good, um, and we went to the intermediate. Um, it was a place called Livermore, which is just outside of San Francisco. Um, it was more like a national titles, you know. Um, it, it certainly didn't have all the hype, you know. You weren't, you know, 
there was telecast, but it was, you know, through a different feed. It wasn't through Fox or KO like it is with the, the Little League itself. Um, everything is just downscaled somewhat, you know. Um, we didn't have a village where we stayed. We stayed in a hotel, which is great, you know. Um, it was a four-star hotel, and we were lucky enough to be with all the other teams as well. So that was that was great. Um, we had to sort of find our own dinner, um, which was interesting. You know, they give us a $15 voucher. And uh, in uh, California, $15 American, all it buys you is fast food. So the kids are sort of really happy with that. So we tried every fast food place known to man for $15. <laughs> um, so that was a highlight for the kids, certainly not one for me. Um, uh, and I guess, you know, like the transportation and stuff like that, we had to find our own way, you know, yeah. as against everything's all programmed, you know, when, when they went to um, Williamsport. Um, everything's all handed out to them. You get to see big leaguers. You know, I had to try and figure out how we're going to get to an MLB game. We had to do it in our own steam and figure it out. Sort of like you guys, you'll figure it, you know. So so it was, um, but it was still, you know, a great experience for the guys, you know, seeing, you know, um, players, you know, at world standard. You know, we, we were up against a Korean team that were just hot as. But, you know, when I look what they go through, we had like, for, for, for intermediate league in Brisbane North, we had 20 people to choose from. 20. So, you know, I talked to the Korean translator and they just look at me and just go, You are kidding. The, the Koreans, um, like we tried to get into colleges, US colleges. Kids at that age are trying to get into the best high schools. So, as a consequence, and we know in Little League you can't pay coaches, but Clearly, the coaches that were there, they were paid. They're full-time coaches. How they got paid wasn't through Little League, if you know what I mean. But that's what you're up against. These kids, um, you know, their parents have spent a lot of money on them and they expect them to deliver. You know, we're in the same bus and we're playing them in a game. We only went down a couple of runs against them and they were absolutely just scared beyond belief that we're going to knock them off. But on the bus ride in, they're totally focused and our kids are doing gangland style. That's the difference, you know. Like our kids, it's just cruising, you know. Uh, so uh, they had a lot of pressure on them. An interesting one, you know, when they, when they beat us, it's customary the best player in the, in the Korean team, the parents have to shout the whole team out. And when they shout them out, they take them to a steakhouse. It's $1,000. That's what you're up against when you're playing an Asian or Korean team. You know, they're just it's another level. But, you know, again, it was great for our kids to – at least they had some insight because they'd played, you know, with Landy, you know, Wim Sports, and they knew what the standard was. Um, and, you know, you, you're facing pitching, and we had a couple of flat flame pros as well that are throwing 80 miles an hour for 54 feet. So, you know, it's um, game on, you know, but – very different to Williamsport and what Landy had to, you know, take them through. So, um, but, you know, certainly great, great, great thing for them. So, so obviously that's their plumber's wages, $1,000 stakes and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> like, uh, uh, mate, if my kid was the best one, I'd be trivia him over as he went around third base. <laughs> <laughs> that's... um. Yeah, that's probably a story for another time, mate. But um, <laughs> you shouldn't you shouldn't be saying that on live because you know it might come back to bite you one day. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
You see, yeah, you see Ryan at the next uh, national championships down in Sydney tripping over his kid at third base. <laughs> He's getting ejected. It's on Done. the record. It's on the record. They'll have, have the commentator yeah. go, ah, oh, Ryan, stand a bit close to the player at third base there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so... I guess now we'll sort of go on to Landy and the, you know, the Little League World Series, you know, the hype there. And obviously, you know, we see it on TV, but, you know, I've, I've spoken to Matt Cavill about this when they went back in the day and how they were treated like rock stars. Um, you know, like you see it on TV, oh. but I guess what's it actually like being there? Yeah. Um, if... if... <laughs> If I passed away tomorrow, I've done it. I've done what I want to do in baseball. The experience was, and it's a funny word to use, but probably overwhelming. It was just, um, I mean, we started out, we had troubles getting there. It took us 52 hours to get there on the road. So we got into the village at 1.30 in the morning. And at 1.30 in the morning, they started giving you playing pants, playing tops, hats, all this gear, and then we're going to call at 7.30 to go to breakfast. Then we got the rest of our gear. Then we got Eastern gave all the boys uh, bats, helmets, uh, you name it. Uh, then you get interviewed by ESPN, um, and then you get to train that day. Then you eat, and like that, you think, oh, what's going on here? Well, from there on, <clears throat> the opening uh, parade through Williamsport, there was probably conservative at least 25,000 people lined up. You're on the back of a truck. You go through. There were snipers up on the uh, buildings overlooking the parade, protecting you. And it's like, this is – and we get to play baseball as well. Like, you know, you, you go down on the field and you've got probably oh, at least 5,000 people in the stadium on a bad day. Um, we had the experience where we actually <clears throat> had to go to the airport. Ourselves and uh, three other teams went to the airport and met the Red Sox and the Orioles who were coming to play a game in Williamsport. So the boys are uh, standing here with all these Red Sox major leaguers, swapping hats, swapping autographs. We walk in the stadium. Boys, like Kerry saying there, her, her son was in it. He was, he was the youngest player there. He was 10. And he was getting asked for his autograph by people. So just unbelievable. We're in this Olympic-style village for three weeks where, unlike Westie, we didn't have to do a thing. All your meals were provided. All your washing was done for you. Um, I was very fortunate to have some great staff in um, Chris Clem, who had previously played minor league baseball and had some connections over there, and Shane Wilson. So we just said to Little League International, we want to go a major league game, they said, we'll organise the bus. And Chris organised the tickets. We find the dugout where the Braves are playing. Um, and we're on the bus with the Japanese team. Chris organised tickets for them as well. Uh, and then we had, when we were both eliminated, we played a game at a local Little League field, which was like real Little League baseball in America. So we played the Japanese team. All the locals came down. We They put on a dinner for us. There must have been oh, a couple of thousand people there watching this game, an exhibition game. Just And the trouble was we had to play baseball as well. Now, for kids 10, 11, 11 12 years of age, the whole experience, and, and to myself as well, it was overwhelming. Um, 
you know, but Little League say to you all the time, there are 2 million kids who play Little League in the world. You are amongst the top 250 in the world, so you're all winners. So everyone got yeah. the same medal for being there and um, just unbelievable, unbelievable. If you go on YouTube and look at some of the games and the express, I mean, the standard is through the roof. But, um, yeah, just absolutely overwhelming. Amazing. So I, I guess, and look, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really glad that, you know, being on the Extra Base podcast has been a highlight of your life. And if you do go, that, uh, you know, you've done everything you need to do because that, that means a lot to me. Um, I have my wife not watching this broadcast. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> because uh, you know, hey Ryan, move over in the car. I might be joining you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, it sounds, it sounds like little like yeah. well, oh, yeah. living at Ryan's house. Yeah. Little like living at Ryan's house, gets all his washing and everything yeah. done for him, and three meals a day. And um, going to the intermediate league sounds like going to Roger's house. So. <laughs> It's really interesting that you sort of say, you know, the, the overwhelming part. Like, the kids are 10, 11 years old and they're still going to go and play buddy baseball. Like, I don't know how I'd cope with, you know, 5,000 people watching me, 300 cameras on me going, yeah. hey, listen, like, how, how do they, like, and I know, you know, we talk about yeah, the mental yeah. side of the game. Baseball's a very mental side, but. How do you get a 10 and 11-year-old up for that? Or even focused for it. Yeah. Uh, look, that – and we were unlucky in both our games. Our, our first game, we, we played Canada, and we were ready, and the boys have been waiting and waiting because the, the biggest issue with Australian baseball is you play the national titles in June. You're not going away till August, so and it's hard to get competition games. Whereas American teams and even international teams play till a week before it starts, they find out a week before they're going, and off they go. You you would have seen that on on TV yeah. and ESPN. So our kids weren't match ready, but clearly they were. Well, the first game against Canada we had like a three hour rain delay, so they went from up there to sort of went a bit flat, and we just and Canada were an underrated side that year, so a combination of things. But even that. You get transported in a bus, you get taken to the stadium, um, underneath the stadium, then you go back to the village in the bus. Just you know. And then when we played Italy, we turned to triple play, but it got overturned by the umpire and the boys went from there down to there again. So, um, yeah, look, look but at the end of it, like in years to come, you, it's like any sport, you, if you enjoy yourself, we don't so much remember the results, but you remember the experience. And these boys had the experience of their life. Um, and, and, and gee whiz. And, and how do you, I was going to say, Scotty Wright from uh, Hills. If Scotty Wright from Hills is listening to me, um, we almost went again this year, but we lost in the grand final 3-2 down there in Sydney. So we might have been going again, but. I say it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. It's just um, uh, unbelievable. So unbelievable. Obviously, you know, the kids have had that experience, obviously, with Landy the year before, and obviously, you know, he's done all the hard work there, Westy, to, you know, prepare him all for this, <laughs> psychologically and all that sort of stuff. Oh, of course. And, you know, you just come in, jump on his coattails and, 
you know, I have the easy ride. Matt, 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 they were mentally scarred. I, you know, I had to build them up. That was more the case, you know, particularly from his jokes, you know, like there was no return. So I had to take them from very low depth and we got back on track, which I was pretty proud of the boys, you know, to put it behind them. Because what, I, what, I, what I'm seeing yeah. here... And I'll have continuing that... back issues from Captain Whiskey, but... <laughs> uh, I don't know how you ended up here, Ryan, with these two, but it's, um, you know, is it good luck or good fortune? Good time, what's it, mate? Um, happy to learn. Yeah, obviously, obviously, there's um, there's no salary cap at um, at Redcliffe. Is that is that how it works? I just, you know, I, you know, ex ex college kid. No, no, we'll get him in. <laughs> no, it was um it was I I actually had a phone call from um uh Tom Chessel's dad and um we were looking to looking for a club and, and straight away he said Padres, can't go past Padres. Um and yeah the the rest is history. The the kids are happy, um, they have a great time. Um part of being part of Brisbane North is, is definitely a bonus. Um yeah, they they love it. Look forward to it every year. Um, they've they've got the baseball bug. Because I, I one of the one of the big things I always see, which is really funny, is that when you went from New South Wales to Queensland, and then you came down for the national champ, and here you are coaching against the Sydney guys, and yes. you look like you look like you're having the time of your life. Oh, mate, it's great. So. Doing the the Div Two team uh, in Sydney was was my first taste of doing or state state titles. That was my first time, and then going to Sydney was was awesome. We had a we had a great bunch of kids. Um, I knew we were going to do well. Uh, we went through state undefeated, and then um, jumped into nationals. And like all baseball, if you do the simple things right, you normally win the game. Um, we had a bit of a bit of a speed hump first first game, and then we, we started to get back on track. Um, the, the kids had a ball. Uh, obviously, that's the that's the main thing. And um, with the with the Div two two team in in um, uh, Brisbane North, it's always trying to set them up for their next step up as well. And I think we did a really good job of that. There's a lot of kids that are eligible for um, Little League again. Coming into this this coming season, which our Brisbane North teams, not, none of them are picked yet. Uh, where I think all of your your New South Wales teams, they've been playing in State Cup Association or Association Cups and all that sort of stuff already. So there's a lot of work to do in the next few months to, to pick the teams and get them ready for state, and then obviously fingers crossed, get them ready for for nationals. So but, did you um, get the call up again, mate, or did you get sacked? <laughs> I'll, uh, I've always said I'll help out wherever I'm needed. I just sort of follow my kids around. So if if, if one of them's lucky enough to make the Div One team, I'll, I'll be happy to do that. If he makes the Div Two team, then I'll I'll happy happy to help out there as well. Yeah, like obviously, Nate. Last I think it was last year. I think you played Hills and all those guys. So yes, yeah. How did you find that going up against some old guys that you that you know used to play ball with or against? Oh, it was great. No, it's 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 really good, and it's great to see guys that I played with 
many, many years ago, still in the game. Um, Maggie Bennett was there. Um, obviously, Adam Adam Dobb, the former owner of the Blue Sox, he was there as well. Um, their team won it. Um, but yeah, look, it, it, it's great. It, it really is good to to see them, see everybody giving back because it is a, a thankless job coaching a lot of the time. Um, you know, it's great when you win, but you don't win all the time either. Yeah. And I guess it sort of goes on to my next question. It's, you know, like when you go undefeated state champs, state titles, whatever it is, then you, you're coming into a national championship. What What's your mindset? Like, you know, are you are you getting much intel on state champs in other in other states to see what's going on, or you just don't care? Uh, no, we did we did watch as much as we could, um, but on the day, you know, your kids have to perform. Um, on our first game, I think we lost eleven one or something ridiculous like that, and we we sat the kids down after the game and said, "Okay, that one's done. Let's move on." We can't, yeah. we can't really change it. You can't, you can't change the result. We just got to move on to the next one, and and you got to win as many games as you can to put yourself in a good position to to win the whole thing. Yeah. So obviously, you know, your your scouting your scouting report was uh, no good for the first game, mate. <laughs> no, they're all. It was a it was the Central Firebirds um, from WA. Um, yeah. They were they were good. Um, I think their kid. Well, you. He threw six innings, um, threw a complete game. Um, we got through. We, only, we didn't get through the hitting order for a second time. We had 13 yeah. kids on our team, and yeah. our last out was our 13th player. Wow. Yeah. We could. Right. So, obviously, you know, that, that sort of stuff is, um, you know, that's what happens in tournament baseball. So, but, um, so, Westy, how do you find it? Like going from uh, these sorts of matches. Yeah, I've always said with these matches, like you've got to have a lot of luck to win tournaments. And you just you guess who your matches are with your pitching. And if it comes off, it comes off. I've had some really good sides that we've done no good. I've had other average sides that we've gone really well because they, yeah. you just pick the right matchups and if things go your way. That's that's all it is. I, I have one of my favourite sayings in baseball is when we lose a game, I just say to kids, you know, 400 million Chinese people are going to pick up the paper tomorrow and not see this result. So let's put it in perspective and move on to the next one. So, yeah. And it's a, it's a good point you make, Matty. I know, you know, certainly picking up, you know, picking up the team after Lanny had it, you know, Everybody was out to beat us. Everyone knew Brisbane North. Prior to that, no one knew Brisbane North. So yeah. every team we played, even if it was a, you know, a low-ranking team, they went at us because they had to win. In Intermediate League, it's a short, much shorter rounds than uh, in uh, Little League. So as a consequence, it, I was pulling my hair out because I'm thinking another. They're throwing their best pitcher again against us, you know. So for us to go through that was, was great because we, we went through that undefeated but we knew that we faced every best pitcher from every particular region. And with, like, within saying that too, like, you know, the competition at the national level, you know, there's still blowouts. Like, obviously, you know, Ryan was saying, you know, there was a blowout 11-1 in their first game. But, you know, like, 
been on the receiving end of that one thing, but obviously, you know, if you're beating teams by 10, 11 runs, you know, what are you saying to the kids? Because obviously that, that's an important conversation too. How are you keeping them grounded? We, we, didn't, we didn't have that, Matt. Yeah. You know, every one of our games was tight, you know. Yeah. We might have got away with it in the last dig or something like that. Never once did we 10 run a team. Every game was 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 close right up to the last innings. Yeah. How about yourself, Landy? Did you have any close games or any blowouts? Or... Dial-up network. This is so good that you've silenced him. This is so good. <laughs> this is the best broadcast. <laughs> yeah, but that, hey, the extra 50 bucks just let me to make sure it happened, mate. I know, I know. It's working <laughs> a dream, Matt. Working a dream. But I, I guess, you know, Lenny's obviously having issues with tech stuff. But, like, Ryan, when obviously, you know, you're, you're you know, pumping teams, you know, by 10 in state champs and stuff, how do you get the kids grounded? Like, what are, what are you saying to them? Um, look, there's always another game, and you got to respect each team. Um, I think if you don't respect each team, then that's when you get yourself into trouble. Same as every pitcher that comes up there. You know, the, the pitcher that's coming up and looks like he's throwing pies, everyone's going to try and hit him over the fence, and all of a sudden, you know, the game's 2-1 in the bottom of the sixth in the league, and you've got to come up with, with a couple of runs to win the game. So... You really got to work on, especially with younger kids, moving them in up the front of the box, back of the box, just so they get their timing right. Um, and yeah, respecting each team. So I I have a I have a question because I've seen a lot of kids that struggle with this, like years of broadcasting baseball games. Bunting. How much time do you guys spend on bunting? Because I'll tell you, like even watching ABL level. Some guys just cannot freaking bunt to save their lives. Like, is that something that you guys really sort of focus on, that situational play? I can tell you from the Brisbane North Div 2 team last year, we did not one thing on bunting. Okay. Not one thing. We were – I didn't ever get angry at the kids if they were swinging out of the zone. I just wanted them to be really, really aggressive and go after it. Um Lanny and West, you might say something different, but for the Div 2 team, we just really wanted them to be, go up there confident and go after a pitch. At, at the national level, we did very little bunting at all, if, if none at all. But certainly at World Series level, when, when they're throwing 80, 80 miles an hour, 50 feet, there's plenty of bunts go down. And, and we got caught out. Our bunt defence was woeful. Because um, we're not used to it, you know. It's yeah. just something that, you know, we're just not practice at. But, you know, the kids, when, you, when you're throwing that hard, you know, particularly, you know, the six, seven and eight hitters, they're great bunters. They're fast. They're good. And we got eaten up by it. Yeah. How about yourself, Landy? How did you find it? Yeah. We, um, we practice bunt defence a bit um, when I have my teams at, uh, at that level. But... I don't. I'm not a big believer in bunting at, at little league level. Like when they get older, yes, yeah, it's a strategy and it's part of it. We we practice it. There may be a game situation where you really have to, 
but I've I've never laid down a bunt in Little League. I had a kid last year who did one himself, and he pulled it off, and good luck to him. And it was probably the right time, but I, yeah. I just wanted to learn how to hit. There's no point in bunting. You got to hit yeah. first. So learn to hit, learn to hit, and that'll come. I, I'm I'm I, I'm I've been packing this afternoon. I go to Sydney tomorrow with the under 18 Queensland team for the AYCs, and, and we yeah. practice it a bit. But um, won't probably won't use it unless the game situation. Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. So, but yeah, generally not. Yeah, I um, I was funny. I was only watching a, um, a video on YouTube today. A major league has struggled with bunts and bunt defense. So, but it's part of the game. Yep. Yeah, and look, I, I guess too, like all the to all the New South Wales under 18s coaches watching that, um, obviously you ain't got a bit of an insight now of uh, what what Queensland are going to do, but um, you know, there's well, he's an old position boy too, <laughs> Gav. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, one of the one of the I might be telling the truth, I may not. Who knows? <laughs> You can never trust a Queenslander, they say. So reverse yeah. psychology, look out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't trust Westy. That's true. <laughs> one of the, one of the things I've I've sort of seen over over the years, obviously, you know, with doing what I used to do in the past, you know, doing a lot of broadcasting and streaming of, of games and things like that. You know, you see the level and the level of each kid and sort of how they grow within a tournament. Did you have any one or particular person in the tournament that you thought was going to struggle maybe and then they surprised you at the end of the tournament and then, you know, they just outshone everybody? Uh, for me, um, um, not – I wouldn't say they outshone everybody. Um, there was – we had a – well, he was last year in Little League – in Div 2 last year. It was his first year of baseball. And big, 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 strong kid, um, Kobe West, uh, who's now playing um, junior league or intermediate league. And, um, mate, he he probably struggled a little bit at state titles, but we knew he had something in him. And we kept him down the bottom of the order just not to put much pressure on and I think probably the second or third game into nationals, he just went boom. Um, hit a couple of triples, hit some doubles, ended up coming on and pitching for us in his first year of baseball. Um, it's, yeah, it was it was great. It really was great. You'd see the you see the relief on from him as well. I remember his first hit, and he came into third base and saw me there, and he just just let it all out it was it was it was awesome it was a great thing from a from a coach's point of view for someone that you know we've been training a lot been working so hard and he did it when he needed to and obviously it wasn't your kids he didn't trip him over so that's probably a bonus exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) how about yourself Westy? you have any any kid like that that sort of you know you thought oh they might struggle here and they yeah, look, it was it was tough going because we were facing you know really fast pitching, you know. So yeah. the standard was 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 tough, you know. I guess you know what it what it really brings out is our our bat head, you know, just getting that bat on ball is, is the key, you know, to it, you know. And I think you know 
when, when I look at other teams, and you know, I remember seeing in a Cal Ripken warm up when we were playing in Japan, and they had um, seven guys, seven throwers, and it was just one man BP, uh, one man pepper, and there was no coach behind. That was how controlled that backhead was. And I guess, you know, that's the level that we've got to get to. And we see it at senior level. We see it, you know, with the, our, you know, our, our, our men's team, you know, just trying to get that bat on the ball against that better pitching is so hard, you know, but it, it'll come, it'll come. You know, we're just not exposed to that day in, day out. And I think, you know, as we can try and get more competition, you know, with hopefully now the borders are opening up, we can get more trips overseas and bring overseas teams over to us, the kids can see what, because our, our kids are just as athletic. The only thing yeah. is they're just not getting, you know, the exposure that they're getting in other countries. Yeah, the reps, the at-bats. The at-bats and just, you know, seeing that 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 terrific pitching, you know, they yeah, just, they start young, you know. And we were talking to Matt Cavill a couple of weeks ago in regards to that, you know, the at-bats and having the repetition and, you know, having that constant, you know, having an extra 40, 50 at-bats makes a difference for these kids. And it's nowhere near where they are overseas, but it, it's a start. But, I mean, our kids are facing 65 miles an hour. You know, yeah. Kids over there are facing high 70s, 80s every day. You know, yeah. it's just like anything. If you, if you put that on, in a, you know, on, a, on a machine, you're going to hit it. Someone, you know, gave you 100 mile on a fastball and they keep giving it to you. You're going to hit it eventually, you know? But if you don't see it, you're never going to hit it. Yeah, I mean, like, not everyone's got Ryan Manfield throwing BP to them. That's right. <laughs> or, Keith, or Keith Lane. You know, Keith Lane, he tops out around 45. It's good. <laughs> you still it's with so good he's new. It is so I'm good. I'm not that fast. Give me a break. And look at I think one of the um, – what I learned in all the years ago in America is that, um, see, those kids play four or five games a week. And that's, that's you know, like they just keep playing and playing. That's the old, the old story. Like the more you – you can train all you want, but you cannot beat game play. I remember yeah. oh, a number of years ago, there was a guy called Wayne Finney from New South Wales. And Wayne was coaching the under-14 New South Wales team. And they did a rundown play. And I was watching because some of those kids I'd had on a Ripken tour that year. And I said to Wayne, how did you execute that rundown play? How did you train for it? He just said 50 games. That's that's how you learn. So, you know, it's the old story. The more games you play, the, the game play, you just can't beat it. Like Wesley's saying, get your reps in, face faster pitching. Um, that, that's the challenge in my book, yeah. So yeah. with – you're right. Sorry, with at, at Padres, Padres is a, a larger is a larger club. So with the Little League Div One, Landy has a team and, and I've got a team in there. Now at the end of last season, we'd identified that um, so, some kids aren't getting as, as much pitching as they should. Um, so every two or three weeks, Landy and I play a scrimmage game um, just to get those those other kids being able to throw a couple of innings. And, and help them out. They might not pitch on the weekend, but it's giving them some game time to then improve themselves and show them, show us what they can do. And I, I guess where my sort of 
thing for that. But, you know, you do all this stuff, which is great. And obviously, you know, it, it helps the kids. And that's what it's all about, you know, giving these kids the opportunity. But do you see, like, if you could change one thing, let's just say if you could change, like, you're in charge of Baseball Australia, Baseball Queensland, whatever it is, right? If you could change one thing to, to help baseball, like, within what you're saying, what would you do? Like, what, what's one thing that you change to make something uniform to help baseballs that everyone's playing at that level? Mm. I mean, it, it comes down to the level of coaching. You know, we're in a sport, it's not like footy or it's not like um, cricket where somebody knows something about it. You know, we, we're lucky in the fact that we might be able to get some old boys back, you know, that have played baseball. But even those guys struggle at that younger age to connect. And I think, you know, and I understand why Baseball Australia has gone to the accreditation coaching that it's currently got because, you know, it's ease, you know, because people just don't have the time. So we can, you know, tick off the accreditation and tick off all the other stuff that needs to be done, which is vital. But I think where we've missed it, you know, is we're not having that practical um, assessment, you know, whereby you can get instructors to help them and say, how can you deliver a really good training program for those kids? Because once you've got them booked, you know, that's the key. But, but I feel that we've moved away from the practicality of getting our coaches to really have a fun and entertaining training session. Yeah. So, like, you need to coach the coaches, Westy? Is that what you're, you're suggesting? Yeah, and, and, I, and, and I get it, but it needs to be, whether it's level two or level three or level, it's got to go like it was, you know, previously we, we had it where you had to present a training, you know, a particular one, you had to present, you know. And, and I know, you know, when I facilitated those, many of the coaches, just light bulb moments, were like, oh, that's really good. I feel great. You know, and the feedback you give them, they would put it into context when they're, they're training their teams. And you could see the level of increase and the level of engagement of the kids, you know. So I think if we could do that, but, again, everyone's so time poor, it's so hard. To, I know when we call a coaches meeting, 20% of the coaches turn up, you know. And from my experience, yeah, I, I, I would I'd probably look at... And I don't know how you would do it. Yeah, I, I don't know how you do it, but somehow if you can reduce the cost, um, like it's it's this Queensland these Queensland teams are coming down to the the AYCs, like it's costing those parents like four thousand dollars for like nine days of baseball, and it's like and plus uniforms. I know, look, I know everything. I know everything in the world is expensive, but. Um, I, I don't know how that can happen. Whether I see some of the senior teams that the ABF send overseas, like they go to a World Cup and there's fifty odd people go and they all get paid and they all have this. I, I, there's got to be money go back into the. That's I see kids say oh, I'm not playing this year because I can't afford it, yeah. and you never want to hear that. I know the government has up here has um fair play vouchers, but um, there's something's got to happen about that. So that, that's, um, that, that's my two cents worth. 
Yeah, well, Liam, you've actually got a fan, which I was very surprised. Um, Peter Godbold's actually said that between Little League and Senior League, the guys find, do you guys find it need more one-on-one training to work on specific parts of player development? And P.S. Landy is my hero. Now, I'm not sure how much you paid him to say that, but... Um, Mate, uh, that, that, only, only 50 bucks, that's all. I thought it was a, a good investment. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what I was saying, right? Yeah, his young bloke carried him, one of the nicest, one of the nicest kids you'd ever want to coach, and, and a great player too, Cody. I know he's gone back over to the US, um, but yeah, yeah, lovely fair. Yeah, with good taste. Actually, when we had Cody on, I was actually going to ask him what's it like to be the best godbolt in the family, but um, <laughs> he told me I wasn't allowed to ask that question because Hayden would get upset because he played ABL level and Cody hasn't yet, so. <laughs> So, G though, I just I just got a message from uh, from John Farrant of the Forest Baseball He's Club. He's good enough. Yeah. He, he he's saying that investing, in growing the grassroots. That's uh that's what he's saying that money should be spent on, and yep. I guess that includes the coaches and, and getting them up to speed on on what needs to be what needs to be done. Yeah. What what. I always see too, like grassroots. Like, so we talk about grassroots, and like you get a lot of mum and dads that come in there and email a coach and look. Oh, that's great. Look, don't get me wrong, that's great. You need coaches, but I think having that that mentorship and the guidance from experienced players, guys that have been there and they've done it. Um, or, you know, obviously like you guys, that um, that's only going to help the cause because. You know, you watch local club ball where, you know, they're winning 21-1 or, you know, 19-1 or whatever it is, and it's just a blowout because, you know, you've, you've got to win that um, that sheep station in under sevens and under eights. That's not what it's about, you know, and I think having having those experienced coaches actually will, will help you moving forward because then, you know, you've got – you haven't just got mum and dad – the coach, you've got mum and dad, the person that's been mentored by someone, you know, being an assistant coach under guys like yourselves, would you see that as a benefit? Yeah, definitely. I think, so the start of this season through Padres, we had a, and I know other clubs do this as well, we had a three-week introduction to T-ball um, where we set up five stations, Landy and Westy were involved in it, uh, we set up five different stations. And, look, your mum and dads are always going to be involved and they're always going to coach. So each each group, they rotated around, but they got an idea of some drills that you can do and um, the kids got an idea of it. And, you know, if there was – I don't know the exact numbers, but if there was 40 kids there, you're hoping to convert 30 of them that then want to play a full season. But that little idea on – getting them to do these five stations it just gives the parents an idea on what they can do if they have to coach the if they have to coach a team so my other question is because like and i guess i'm old school but when the kids are showing up at training you know what are they wearing in training these days like because this i i guess for me when i was playing and rog you're exactly the same <laughs> I know, Ryan, you would have been pretty much the same too, but the expectation is you turn up in your training gear ready to go. These days, you know, you've got shorts, you've got bloody, you know, like do you set an expectation? 
like early on, like under seven, under eight, to set that expectation of what a uniform is. So you have that consistency moving forward. So you're not having those arguments with the 10, 11, 12 year old that wants to wear, you know, a black belt instead of a gold belt or whatever it may be. I think it's a good point, Matt. But, you know, for me, um, you know, when, when they're playing Little League um, Div 1, my expectation, and certainly I know Landy and Ryan's, is they, they, they come to training in their, their rifle uniform. Um, we also run a Monday night clinic, and it's for coaches and it's for any kid, Little League age, Junior League age. And the beautiful thing of that is you don't care what you wear. Just come down. We used to get about 30 or 40 kids. Um, but the good thing is we have coaches there so even if for whatever reason you're not getting, you know, if you're coaching at your particular training session, you're going to get something that's going to be pretty tactile at our session that we run for an hour and a half, you know. And it's just it's simple stuff, you know. It's it's sandlock type scenario because we want them all to mix because we've got various teams. We want them all to be under one umbrella. So we have the Div 1 kids trained with the Div 3 kids so that they take on a mentorship role and they have respect. But I don't, I don't insist that they, they wear a uniform. I don't care. I need them to turn up, but I need them to come with, you know, they, they don't need to muck around. They need to be disciplined. You know, they need to be there on time. If they're not on time, they need to apologise. They need to say hello. They need to greet, you know, just the simple things that we expect, you know, which, you know, these days it, it's not the simple things, you know. Do people shake people's hands? Well, they should, you know, like... And then at the end of the training session, every one of them shakes the coach's hands, you know, just so that they get into that, that habit. Do I really care when they're eight, nine, ten years old what they wear? No, not really. But when they start, you know, making, you know, Little League Div 1, I know that Ryan and Keith, you know, the expectation from then on up, all those teams will, will have training year on. Yeah. And yeah, following on from from West, yeah, we, I'm uh, a bit like you, Matt. I'm I'm a bit old school. Yeah, go on, Ryan. Oh yeah, no, I was just going to say, following on from from West, you with um, the greeting and um, you know just your your basic um, manners. We we really push our kids. Last year we did. At the end of a training session, each kid would tell a joke or come up with three interesting facts. This year, we're doing family history. Um, so at the end of each training session, the kids will um, have a little little sheet uh, ready to go and they'll talk about their family history. It's, it's really, really good and it's great to see um, the kids asking their mum and dad about what about their history and um, what they've done and where they've come from and we, yeah, it's, it's, it's been really, really great. We've got a um, young girl from South Africa. We've got a boy from Japan. Another one from... Uh, uh, parents were from uh, Samoa. Um, yeah, there's just so much diversity in, in our team, and it's great. And it's great for the other kids to, um, to listen and learn about other kids and where they come from and all that sort of stuff as well. But, so you've got Otani sitting sitting in your back pocket there at um, twelve. Big birthday week at Final Twelve. Ready to go, ready to go. But um, you know they they talk about baseball. No, obviously not just being a game, but you know it, it's a life game as well. They, these sort of little things really really help kids. And yeah. um, you know I, I'm I'm stoked that it's working out well at the moment. Yeah, 
think I think that builds their confidence as well in that team, like being able to share information with each other, like they're more likely to, to bond and play. Hundred percent. It 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 gives them it gives them a voice, definitely. So what we what we like to do on on this show because um, we have a we have a couple of little plays of the week. So I've got a little snippet here of the plays of the week. So I've got to run through these with you guys and have a look at them. And then after after we go through these little plays, um, I'll just ask you you guys a couple of questions. <laughs> <laughs> obviously a really good win uh we needed to bounce back but after this past weekend's georgia uh let's get back on the right track and i know we got still got a lot of good pitching left didn't use very many guys tonight <laughs> so uh it's, it's things are looking good for this weekend a good night for you and uh, i think uh, somebody knighted behind you coach let's talk more a little bit about uh, jacob's evening jacob you what you a lot of fight from you and the South Carolina Gamecocks tonight. Coach, I'll let you take the next one. I'm watching the match behind TJ right now. The uh, TJ, did you ever throw a no-hitter in high school? Uh, yeah, I think I did once. Of course, that was a seven-inning game tonight. That would have been a no-hitter in high school. You had a uh, kind of trading blows with uh, <laughs> your counterpoint at one point tonight. How does that feel whenever you know the other guy across the way is throwing a, a nice game as well and you're kind of trying to match him pitch for pitch? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it keeps you a little focused. A little- we were there to play tennis baseball oh. in this. I was scoring. Let's go. And did I miss that? Fire, whatever miss it. Let's go. Well, we need some strikes. Cool. It's about 92 miles per hour, not 80 poo. I can't see. <laughs> now, I'm just going to put it out there, right? Landy, will I see any of that behaviour at Nationals? <laughs> well, <laughs> there's a time and a place for it. I, our last training session before we went to Nationals, I told the boys, wear your pyjamas and we'll have a game of baseball in pyjamas. Uh, unfortunately, a couple of boys then revealed the fact that they didn't wear any pyjamas to bed, so I thought <laughs> I won't do that training one again. So what, you live and learn. But <laughs> Although so, a couple of those guys running up to first base did look like uh, Westy running up to first base. But, um, I thought I recognised him, but anyhow. So, any pre- yeah. so I, I'm just going to put it out there now, right? And if you get interviewed for a post-game interview, I want something done like that as a homage to the Extra Base podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. 100%, Matt. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Then, then I'll use it the following yeah. week on my show as a highlight because, you know, it's what it's all about. All right. And, um, I'll Ryan, put, if you get on a highlight... <laughs> Hey, this, this show this show is a highlight reel, mate. Highlight reel. So, Ryan, um, state champs. Do your state champs get streamed? Uh, they didn't last year. Uh, mm. I'm not sure if they're doing it this year. Well, if they um, do, I expect at least one of those things to happen. 
okay, we can we can make it happen. We can make it happen. I might even get dressed up in my uh, my elf suit, my Will Ferrell elf suit, and do it oh, just for. That. That's oh, oh yeah, yes. <laughs> um, Ashley, wants, Ashley wants to know. Uh, you want me to bring dinner out to you? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know that's, a, I know that's a lie because she doesn't cook. <laughs> Is that take away to eating it to you? And um, Westy, are you are you involved in any teams in state state champs level or? No, no, not for nationals. I leave that to Landy. No, he, he's got he's got the run there, you know. So. Oh, well. um, I just but, you know, the state champs here, I've got uh, – I think I've got intermediate this year. I don't know. Wherever they, wherever they chuck me, they just like, – wherever there's a gap, they chuck me in it. Mate, if there's an interview that you can get in on, um, you can plug the Extra Base podcast. It'll be amazing because uh, – right. We'll do that and we'll have a bit of fun behind too, I think. You know, we've got a um, pretty limited uh, budget here. So, uh, okay. <laughs> Roger takes up all my budget sitting in me, our fresco area. Bringing all your beers. One last thing we like to do on, on the show is um, 60 seconds with Jeevo. Now, this is um, 60 seconds rapid-fire questions, and um, I think we, we should start with Landy so we can get that over and done with, and then we can move on to the other guys. So, uh, Landy, your question starts. Yeah. Good. Actually, your time starts at the end of my first question. And you only got 60 seconds, not six hours. So I think this is a good show. So your oh, geez, problems with the sound, this is gonna be hard. Oh, it's all right. Your nickname. Anytime. Landy. <laughs> <laughs> This Pineapple is on pizza. Yeah, I just my nickname Landy. Yeah, I can't hear you. Pineapple on pizza. Yeah, I'm a winner. You're a winner. Okay. <laughs> Favorite <laughs> baseball player. This is a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> He's having a serious moment. Uh, this is a sit up. This is a fair bit of G up. What's going on? No, nah, it's not a G up. It's, it's legit. So we'll go We'll go with Westy because that was terrible. Oh, Westy, are you ready? G up, I'm telling we'll you. give it a go. We'll give it a go. I can't go any worse. <laughs> okay, so you can't go any worse. No. Nah, okay. I'll come second. Nickname Westy. Pineapple on pizza. Yes, please. Yes, please. Okay. Favorite baseball player? Atani. No way. Favorite coach? My under 10 coach. Most intense teammate? Leon. 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 Everyone knows Leon. Oh, we don't know Leon. So, go on. Um, If you weren't. In baseball, what would you be doing? A entrepreneur. <laughs> Best thing about living in Queensland? Weather. Worst thing about living in Queensland? Weather. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 
this is actually going to be my favourite one because Ryan's going to have to uh, be honest here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nickname? Uh, Rhino or yeah, the Elf. The Elf. We'll get into that later. Favourite teammate? Favourite teammate? Oh, gosh. Um, Roddy Van Buzen. Most intense teammate? Uh, Greg Clark. Most annoying teammate? Most annoying. Ooh. Oh, pass. I'll come back to that one. Pass. You could have said landing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pineapple on pizza? Definitely. Definitely. Something wrong with you guys. Yeah. Um, best field you've played on? Uh, Dodger Stadium. Career highlight? Career highlight. Uh, Juco World Series. Favourite coach? Favourite coach. Uh, Lindsay Doubleday. And last question. If you weren't involved in baseball, would you still be a plumber? <laughs> Definitely, and my wife would love me to not be involved in baseball because I could help her look after the kids. <laughs> Wayne, oh, hang on, this this is very interesting. Um, Wayne Land has said, "I'll throw in an extra fifty dollars <laughs> again, and we might get away with no jokes." Well, he hasn't told a joke all night, so I think we're doing pretty well. Yeah, um, yeah that's just my loving. It's my baby brother. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, well, thank you very much for tonight. It's been a great insight to actually find out what happens in Queensland. Obviously, you know, um, being from New South Wales, it's it's good to actually see what other states do and how they do it. Uh, obviously, you know, speaking to two legends in, um, you know, Westie and Landy in the in the Queensland space, and obviously, you know, Ryan, you've. Um, You've just got to float, float your way into that winning culture, which is great, mate. I, I like it. Um, Definitely. Very well done. But um, look, I wish you guys – obviously, you know, Landy, wish you all the best uh, for Nationals. Um, hope to see hope to see you do a, um, a post-interview. Um, and, look, obviously, you know, Ryan, all the best for, you know, whatever you're doing with your, your Little League. Thank you very um, much. Love to get you back on and um, speak about when you state champs again and um, coming down to nationals. That'd be great. And uh, Westy, always a pleasure. I um, got quite a lot out of it, and um, you know, it's it's always good to sort of see how the other side do things. You know, obviously, they you know, Roger and myself being in you know New South Wales, uh, we don't get to see sort of what happens up in Queensland, and uh, it's, it's good to get that insight. Um, we're going to try to get Victoria, WA, and a couple of other states on to sort of see how their programs work because I think it's a really good insight. Of, um, you know, what's different, uh, you know, from a from a baseball perspective, and I personally love sort of find out what goes on at different states. Um, you know, Ryan hasn't spoken to anyone about his, you know, his home run hitting contest that he has every Friday night, but. Um, that's for another episode. Um, maybe we can get him on to talk about his old days in the um, the storm. The uh, exactly. That's a that's a whole another story. 
Yes, but um, right, guys, we'll leave you to it. Um, and yeah, obviously, you know, we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Rog. See you guys. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Rog. Hey, that was good. Good to see That's how they do things. Yeah. Totally different to uh, Sydney. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of differences. Like, yeah, especially like when you look at as an association, they've got three teams. Like, yeah. some associations have. 15 different clubs, but they might have one team in one team total. Yeah. Like it, yeah. It's massive. I And then you see like the three, what is it? Three divisions. Yeah. Like massive. Like imagine like I know in Hills, they've got first and second, uh, Div 1, Div 2 for most age groups. But like having that Div 3, like it really pushes competition. Um, and you don't have those blowouts. You have tight games every week. Like even even the point of having like your your T ball on a Friday night, like yeah. have that Friday night comp, it's done. They back up for the next day if they if they're old enough. Like, it's great. They dress better than Roger, of course they do, Shannon. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Pickle Pickle has become the extra base podcast pest. That's it. He's all over it. I think he needs to step up and become an, a become a uh, special guest co host. Yeah, we need a cameo. But um, look, before we go tonight, I've actually got a couple of um, couple of big announcements, and we did put it out there the other day that you know, do people want to come on here and sort of promote what they're doing and how they're doing things? So next week, we've actually got three interviews lined up, three nights, um, and. It's it's unbelievable that the, the people we've got coming on. Um, yep. I've got Greg Castle, obviously Mr. Arm, no physio, very well respected in the baseball community. Um, you know, Team Australia, the whole bit, right? So Greg Castle, number one, you know, all about arm care, youth and adolescent arm care. So you know that that's probably an episode that you don't want your your kids or yourselves to miss. Um. Rotational performance, um, which is something out of Cronulla with Luke Wilson. He's going to come on about what he does with his programs, about, you know, getting guys throwing harder, easier, and, you know, rotational performance and all that sort of stuff. And also got the the college prospects, uh, the Aussie college prospects, with um, Alex Howe and Josh Dean coming on too. That's that's Tuesday night. So they're going to talk about what they launched uh, last week, which was uh, the the gig they've got going on in Queensland. So, you know, we're going to have those, you know, those sort of guys coming on. So, you know, three big nights next week, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday night. So Roger's probably either going to be divorced or <laughs> living at my place, one or the other. But, um, yeah, like yeah. three massive episodes that we're going to have going on, uh, 7 o'clock each night. Um and look, if you can't you can't sleep for whatever reason, yeah, obviously, you know, we're going to have they'll, they'll be saved and recorded, and also, you know, we put them up on YouTube. So, yeah, I just thought that um, no time like the present to sort of announce, you know, what we've got going on, and um, yeah, it should be a. Um, and Shannon Bickles said the greatest arm guy on the planet, and he saved my kid twice. Is that the same kid twice or the other kid once each? <laughs> Because <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to ask Shannon some 
interesting questions. But um, Rog, you know, thanks for tonight once again, mate. Um, hopefully, um, Kim's back on board tomorrow night for our talk with the Sydney Blue Sox um, yeah. with Tony Harris and Mike Jarvis. Should be a good chat. Um, the people that did reach out to me about um, they didn't really want to come on the podcast and be a special guest host because they're either they're camera shy or whatever it is, uh, but they're happy to put comments in to ask. That's fine. Um, yeah, we just thought we'd put it out there that if you want to come on and be a special guest host, um, by all means, uh, we just like to sort of get it out there that you know we're open, we're you know we're all inclusive here. Uh, we don't discriminate. You know, if you want to come on and, and you know talk to you know Tony, so be it. You know, Mike Jarvis, you've got questions for him. Let us know. Like we're happy to ask the questions. Um, you know, we just need to be respectful of you know that of what they are and what they're doing. Uh, you know, they haven't had a great season, but you know, a couple of one two run ball games, everything changes. That's it, especially in a short short season. Yeah, that's yeah. it. It hurts you a little bit extra. Yeah, totally. Right, guys. Well, um, thank you very much. And, um, yeah, look, we will see you all tomorrow night at 7 o'clock uh, with Tony Harris and Mike Jarvis. See you there. Thanks, Roger. And um, yeah. are we having dinner now, Roger, or are we having dinner later? Uh, we'll have it now. Righto. Too easy. <laughs> all good. We will see you all tomorrow night. Thanks, guys. Bye. See you, guys. So well. I want to rip the left field. That ball is going to be over the head of Anderson.